had us. I used to do children's church a long time ago. They wore me out. <laughs> but we had a service. I usually had about 60 or 70 kids that ranged from the age of 6 to uh, 14. And we was playing uh, Sister Hadeen's daughter was playing the piano for me. And, and I asked the kids, when you sing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Say, welcome in this place. And you know, in that service, we had eight kids get filled with the Holy Ghost. Begin speaking with tongues. And, and they were like me. They didn't know what was going on. You know, when that happens to you, it's that God takes charge. And God's in control of all things. And I believe he's in control of the prayers that we just sent up for the back injuries, that God will take care of them. I believe that with all my heart. Need some two-sided tape here for this thing. But uh, we're thankful to be in the house of God today. Daniel's not able to be here. He's got COVID in his house. They're about over it. But uh, today's his anniversary. So I say happy anniversary to Daniel. And Tamla, I think I've seen that in there. She has an anniversary also. And I want to say happy birthday uh, to everybody that has a birthday this month. I don't know if you read those, but I read those. And I like to wish everybody a happy birthday. And uh, with the year coming to an end, wow, another year. I'm having another birthday, and I thought, I want to quit having birthdays. <laughs> when I turned 60, I turned 60 on a Friday, and I had a heart attack on Monday. And I says, I'm not having any more birthdays. I'm done. No more birthdays if that's what it brings. But God kept me, and he, he has kept me. I, was listen, I told Pastor I was listening to a sermon, and the man was talking about using what's left over. And he talked about situations, which we come out of a situation, and thank God that he brought me here, and I understand now why. But he says in times, and then I lost my wife and stuff. So he said, take what I got left over. Because sometimes they'll take things away because they're not in uh, the purpose for your life. And that made sense to me. And he says, but I, I'm not done with you. He's not done with you yet. And he will do miracles. He'll do wonders. We just got to trust him. And I got to trust him today. Told Pastor I was ready for next week. I, I like to kid her. I've just been kidding her for a whole month now. She told me I was going to preach on the third Sunday. And I said, great, I get to preach on my birthday. Because next Sunday is my birthday. She said, no, I meant the third week of Advent. I said, no, I'm preaching on my birthday. I'm not going to do this. Week. But here I am, right? <laughs> I love you, Pastor. I just like to. She She's going to get a stick one of these days and start hitting me with it. I know she is. So hide that cane, will you? That you got your little walking stick there. Okay, I want to read a scripture out of Isaiah. The Lord woke me up uh, one morning. You know, sometimes we struggle getting a sermon. We we study, we read, we waiting on God, and then all of a sudden, man, He'll put it together. And, and when I woke up, this is the scripture that He said unto me in Isaiah nine six. The Lord was saying unto me, "For unto us a child is born." Unto us a son is given. Now as I was looking at this, I like this. It said, for unto us, us here, that a child is born. And unto us a son is given. I, I look at some commentaries sometimes just to gain some history and stuff. 
And they said in this commentary, for unto us a child is born, said that it was speaking of the humanity of Christ. And unto us a son is given, speaking of his deity. So we have received part of the deity of God. His deity is in our life and to lead and guide us and to save us from our sins. Uh, I said, let us look at the church calendar. I'm learning a little bit about the church calendar, okay? I'm catching up. Which has spiritual seasons. The church year season begins with Advent. I looked up Advent, and it says the birth or the coming of Christ. We should always be looking for that. The coming of Christ. I'm always, you know, I'm always a lot of times kidding, say, come quickly, Lord Jesus, come quickly. It says that in Revelation. And uh, I know it's, I know he's coming sometime. We don't know the day, hour, the year, whatever, when he's coming. But uh, this is going to be about being ready. Uh, a reason to rejoice is that Jesus is coming. And uh, so in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, I want to read this. Uh, the Lord, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, that was kind of interesting that I read that. And then turn over to Matthew chapter 1. And, and beginning with verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as a mother of Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> when Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. I said privately. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken of the Lord by the prophet Isaiah. Behold, a virgin shall, uh, shall be with child and bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. See, he was prophesying this long before this was going to take place. And it was the very setting of scripture that the angel came and said to Mary. I like how the angel and the Holy Ghost work together. And everything that happened here with Mary, with Joseph, it was the angel speaking to him. We learned this in Sunday school, part of it about angels. Angels are real, folk. I, I, there's angels all around us right now. We just can't see them. I like it when the young man asked, uh, I think it was, uh, not Elijah, but the other one. Elisha. Elisha. That he was afraid because the, the enemy was coming against Israel. And he asked the Lord to open his eyes and to let, show him what was on the hilltops up there. And there was chariots and all kinds of uh, uh, angel characters, I would say, that was up there. Greater than any that was going to come against them. And he's just showing, and it's a picture to us too, that God is all around us. He's encamped all around us, and he's looking after us. I just believe that, Pastor, you prayed this morning for these backs. I believe God's going to do something, because I come expecting today. And I believe God, and take him at his word, that he says, I am the God that healeth thee. 
And I believe that he can do it. And he's doing it with Beverly, too, right now. And he's doing it all around the world. Uh, Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born, king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. I don't know what you come for today, but I come to worship him. Amen. And then it says in verse uh, 7, we're going to hear some scripture today, okay? Is that all right? It's going to have to be. I get the mic, right? So, then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem. And said, go and search diligently for the young child. I looked at that. I just, I just had to smile, meditate on that. He said, go search diligently. Did he really know what he was asking them to do? And, and so, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And when they had heard the king, they departed and lo the star and they, they saw it in the east and went uh, before them. And it came and it stood over the young child where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They knew what the star stood for. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasure, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. It's said that some don't believe in God today. I've got a grandson that walked up to me one day and told me that God's not real. That God's not alive. There is no God. And I looked him in the eye and I said, buddy, I want you to prove it to me. I want you to prove it to me. And and he just stood and looked at me. Now, he's heard this from somebody. But we can't believe a truth outside in the world. We've got to believe what the Bible says. I said, when you're done proving to me why there is no God, I'm going to prove to you why there is a God. And he says, I suppose you're going to go get your Bible. (laughs) Well, I said, buddy, the Bible's all I know. It's the truth of God and everything that's in there is yes and amen. And I'll show you that God's alive. And he's alive in my life. I know that for sure. Have you ever looked for him like Herod told the wise men to go look for Jesus. Have you ever looked for him diligently? Which means with a painstaking, I have it on here, painstaking effort, giving all your being to search for him. I'll tell you what, when you're reading and studying some of this stuff, you have to examine yourself. Are you searching for him with all your heart? Are you really looking for him? And I thought this morning when we come to church, did we come looking for more of Jesus? Or has it just become a routine in our life? Do you come expecting from God, come to worship God and give praise to His name like we did in the, in the songs and the worship? Did you come to lift up the name of Jesus and to glorify Him that it might edify His house? It's a question. I wonder how many of these have searched for Him that say they don't believe. I don't think they've really searched for him. Do they want to hear what you want to say? Not always. They don't want to listen to what you say because it's the truth. 
But if they'd listen, the truth would set them free. Jeremiah 29.13, the Lord said, You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You have to search for him, for him with all your being, all your effort, all your strength. You should worship him the same way. He said, with all your heart, your mind, your strength, and, and, your, and everything, you should worship God. We should be exhausted when worship's over. I look at that, and sometimes I was. If you worship God correctly, you worship Him with all you have. I love it we worship Him with the music. Thank God for the talent in the church. We worship Him with our worship leaders, and, and we're to sing to Him and worship Him. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many of you, when you get ready for vacation, you make sure you got all your money in order, your passport or plane ticket or however you're traveling, that you get everything ready, you get your clothes packed, you get everything ready because you're excited about going on this vacation. But how many of us... Search the Lord out in the morning before we even get here and get excited about coming to the house of God where Jesus exists in here. He said, where two or three are gathered together, there I am in the midst of him. He's standing around you. He's sitting next to you. He's in all this house because Jim mentioned it in Sunday school that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. God is always with us. And I thought when he we was talking about the backs and that, and I said, God, you said you come behind us. Would you reach out and touch every one of them that we're mentioning and the ones that we don't know about? Touch them today. But God, let their hearts be right first. Touch their hearts as well as their physical being. Isaiah 7, 9 said, if you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. How many of you believe today? We want to be established in the Lord, don't we? How do we get established in the Lord? We read our scriptures. We read the Bible. You know, I preached once on the, there's a, a parable in here about sowing the seed. And the seed is the word of God. And that word to take that out and to sow it. And where does it go when we sow the seed into somebody's life? It enters into their heart. Now catch this, on, solid, on good ground, and when it begins to grow, this is when people begin to know that there's a God. Because the Bible will reveal it to them as the seed grows. We will see the evidence of it as the seed grows. And if we will believe, He will establish something in us. Oh, and He has. Salvation in my life. Luke 2, I want to go to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 11. I wondered something as I was reading the scripture, and I'll share it with you here in a minute. 2, 8 to 11. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring to you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then I want to turn the page. 
shepherds close by. I thought now when the wise men came, said the wise men came to see him. I wonder if the shepherds were there at the same time. We don't, you know, we don't know. I mean, it's just interesting that they was close by. They were close by in the fields taking care of the sheep. And then they were told about the birth of Jesus and they went to search him out also. And in verse 13 and 14, it says. 13's on the other. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Can you see a heavenly host showed up where Jesus was lying? The heavenly host came to worship with them. And then it says, when they done, then the angels were gone. And then. Uh, through the ministering of an angel and the work of the Holy Ghost, a savior. My Savior, your Savior, our Savior. He was conceived through Mary and come to abolish all sin. And he did that on the cross. Can you imagine how many of you have a hard time bearing your own sin? Come on, isn't it heavy to carry sin? Can you imagine Jesus having the sins of the whole world on him while he hung on that cross? Can you imagine what he felt? The agony in that of how he felt? Hanging on that cross with all of our sins on him. He's dealing with the whole world's sin. We have a hard time dealing with our own sometimes. But if we take it to him, we know that he'll take them. See what we cast on him. He's our, uh, he cares about us, so he said to cast our cares on him. Because he cares for us. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world. He loved me. He loved me enough that he gave his life on the cross. And he did that so I would not perish. Not only did he save me, he don't want me to perish. So that means I got to walk with him. Daily, you need to walk with Christ. Because, you know, the devil's always after you trying to get you to turn away. I heard a man on, on a, a program the other day say, uh, a lot of people believe in once saved, always saved. And he said, I believe in that. I about ready to turn him off. He said, once saved, always saved, if you remain with God. See, they don't add that part. If you remain with God, you can stay saved. But there, you can walk away from God, too. We don't want that to happen. Oh, the blood of Jesus that covered a multitude of sin. You know, he still saves today. He still heals today. He still can deliver people today. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. He still uh, gives joy to us today. How many has got joy out of this day? Hallelujah. I've gotten joy out of it. He's alive and he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's waiting for? Waiting for the Father to reach over and Tap him on the shoulder and say, son, go get the church. Oh, hallelujah. What a day that's going to be when he comes to take us to heaven. Boy, I'm so ready. I'm saying, God, is it time yet? Reach over and tell him to get with it and come on down here and get us. To get his bride and bring him back to heaven. 
Hallelujah. So we can rejoice there. I'm not trying to hurry up my life. I just want to know that I'm ready. When he comes, I'm ready. Mark 9.23 said, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Psalms 118 and 24, This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We have rejoiced. Are we glad in this day? Because this is the day we have that the Lord has given us. We don't have yesterday and we don't have tomorrow. We only have today. So we got to praise Him and worship Him on this day. A man told me, he said, well, how can you serve God? How can you serve Him with all your life? I said, one day at a time. That's all we got. He said, well, I thought it was so hard to try to serve God with everything going around in this world. I said, do it one day at a time. This is the only day you have. Worship Him like it's your last day on earth. And then tomorrow, worship Him like it's your last day on earth. And the next day, worship Him like it's your last day. That's how you can serve Jesus. Amen. And stay on track. Don't let the enemy get you off track. To put you on the wide way to destruction. But stay on that narrow way to heaven. In Romans fifteen thirteen it says, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Try to read down what I wrote down here. Son, go get your church. I choose to believe that he's coming very soon. I believe you can see it happening all around the world with everything that's going on. Prophecies being fulfilled and all the different things. I know people talk about having a certain person in the, in the White House and in the leadership. And I have some friends that are very adamant about that and just want to be pushy about it. And I said, listen, all they want is God to be in control. And God will put in there who's going to accomplish his plan. God is the one that's in control. No man's in control. God's in control and he can put it in the heart of a man what God needs to do. Oh, hallelujah. You've done that one. Uh, Jerusalem was made the capital of Israel forever now. That was a fulfillment of prophecy. That wasn't no man that did that. It was God that did that. See, God is in control of all things. He's in control of the good things that we go through. He's in control of the bad things we go through. We just got to get, just keep trusting God and, and worship the one who controls everything. He, he establishes everything. He sets the days before us. He makes our footsteps straight. He lays the, the crooked ways. He makes them straight for us. Telling you, God can do far beyond what we can imagine or think. He is always on time, too. In Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. (laughs) He's here doing that. Where you are, where we're gathered together, said there he is in the midst of that. And then anything we ask him, he said he'll do it. But we have to ask him in faith and believing that God is able to do all things. For in Him we live and move and have our being. And I said, God, that's the position I want to stay in. I want to stay in that. I want to live in You, move in You, have our, have our being in You, Lord. 
The joy of the Lord is my strength. This is one of my favorite sayings. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's the one that keeps me going. I got one more setting in the scripture. First Peter chapter one. What's after Hebrews? It's James and then it's Peter. Did I get there? Oh, okay. I gotta lick my fingers. You don't want to touch my papers, but First Peter one verse six through nine. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heavy, heaviness through manifold temptations, <clears throat> that the trial of your faith be much more precious than the gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, who having not seen you love, and whom though now you see him not, yet you believe. And yet you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Hallelujah. With joy unspeakable, full of glory. 